Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese, HR's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm Chad Sowash, and today we have a guest host. Give it up for John Graham, everyone. Let me hear it. Hey, Come on, hey, bring it, bring it. Hey. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> lactose-free today, John. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Dairy-free, for sure. Let, let's, ju- let's jump into this real quick. Why do we have John on the show? That's a good question. First and foremost, we needed to up the show's IQ. That was number one. We had many requests uh, from from the uh, the peanut gallery saying that we need to up up the IQ of the show. But John is a nice. brand strategy stud with logos like Merck, Amgen under his belt. Attended yeah. uh, Lincoln University. Went to this little school called Yale. I mean. <laughs> John, do me a favor. Give the listeners a, a little Twitter bio about you. Yeah, I would label myself as a dot connector between history and modern day reality. Oh. As I attended the, the first degree granting HBCU in the country, the Lincoln University, I was an African studies major, history minor. Uh, originally comp science, funny enough, but it's <laughs> a whole other story. <laughs> it's an easy parallel. You can see how, how somebody would veer off to go uh, African studies. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, and then I did my master's in education and decided I'd never set foot in a, in a classroom. But, but ultimately, what I've come to understand is I'm one who can articulate the brand at the tip of a company's tongue, right? Like, they're on the verge of understanding who they are, and I help them get all the way there. But even more so, I, I, I help improve the daily lived experiences of the marginalized. And I feel like that's where 
you know, sort of the, the marketing and the branding and the storytelling converge into this shebang uh, called employer brand and culture marketing. So today you are senior manager, global employer brand and recruitment marketing at Amgen. Is that is that is that what's happening? Well, not exactly, Chad. What? Um, yeah, wait a no, minute. Your LinkedIn no. says you're an Amgen, so therefore. Well, you know you can't believe everything you see on the internet, Chad. Okay, it's, what uh, the hell's going on here? Tell me what's going on. Well, uh, I had a great run at Amgen. Uh, we built an amazing EVP and employer brand, uh, and it's you know globalizing and localizing as we speak. But I have taken a, a new path, uh, a completely new venture. Some might be uh, shocked and some might be like, yeah, that makes sense. But um, I have gotten into now uh, the consulting side of the game okay, and, and stepping outside to sort of expand the impact. Smart. And so, so I, uh, there's this, this, uh, this small but mighty shop uh, that some know uh, who have who have courted me and we've seen eye to eye on where the future of employer brand can go and believe that DEI and employer brand are going to merge. And so now we're on this new venture and I'm happy to say that I have joined the good folks over at Shaker Recruitment Marketing. Oh, Joe Shaker, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, the little yeah. shop that's been around 50 plus years for goodness sakes. Indeed. So what made you jump ship from a, a big logo to go into yeah. to recruitment marketing as a, a service? And, and, and really, what are you gonna be doing there? Yeah, that's a great question. So. I think what, you know, after conversations about the disconnect between the, the roses and the champagne of employer brand that is today versus the realities of cultures uh, within organizations and seeing that gap, I saw very clearly that DEI, uh, you know, with great internal initiatives lacked an external face. And I also saw that employer brand's job is to package and articulate a company's culture to make it attractive to talent. And I'm like, well, you can't talk about the culture without incorporating DEI because that is the culture, right? Oh, you hope it is, right? One would hope, one would hope, one would think. Um, and so, uh, so for me, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a, you know, a big pond, uh, you know, Amgen 23,000, uh, global employees, Merck was, you know, a hundred, like 80,000 uh, global employees. And I'm like, okay, you can do so much Damn. With, within one company, you know? Yeah. Um, what would it look like if you could expand this and really bring a new pathway to exploring an employer brand and an EVP from a, from a means that, that helped a company's marketing match their reality? And that's where I said, you know, you can't do that from one company. You know, you can do it from many, but that's where it made sense to, to take a whole new approach. Well, is that how you feel like you can really make a, a much larger impact is like you can only do so much under one logo. But if you mm -hmm. are at a shop like Shaker, you have many different logos that you can prospectively impact around brand articulation and DEI. Yeah, that's 100% correct in my mind. I think um, I had always done the speaking engagements and the, the conference uh, circuit, you know, talking about these things. And, and, and I loved it, right? I, I would see after, you know, you get off stage and you're, you're when we could be in in person with people and you're having the conversations with your peers who are doing you know this great work at other companies and you're seeing just like 
man, you're, you're so right. Like it's, we need to do a better job of incorporating diversity, equity, and inclusion into the employer brand story, but how? And for me, um, you know, I, I realize that this is not, uh, this is a new capability in, in the space of, you know, recruitment, marketing, employer brand, and EVP developments for companies. So, you know, what we're building at Shaker is going to be uh, first of its kind. Mm-hmm. It's going to push companies past performative, which is, I think, a, a very important thing, not only for myself, but Joe was 100% behind that in the sense that he didn't want to get into this work, right? It's, it's a 57-year-old it's a practice, uh, DNI Consulting, yeah. $8 billion industry. And you see a lot of companies now throwing a ton of money at it. So, you know, outside looking in, it looks like a great business move. But, you know, Joe was very clear and, and, and we agreed from the start. It's like, this isn't about making money. This is about making change, like doing really good work that actually moves needles okay, if there's money on as a result of that, cool. Yeah, but yeah. but let's let's do good work and have fun while doing it. Change change the landscape, really help the marketing match reality. Well, making change and you gotta feed the family at the same time. I mean that let's let's get let's get through that real quick. Yes. Here's the thing. So brand articulation to me over the years with recruitment marketing, especially around DEI, has been fluff. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what yourself and Shaker will be doing to drive real outcomes. We're talking about companies who, as we can see the tip of the iceberg, have 8% female representation in the CEO position alone, right? Because that's just what we can see. Mm-hmm you know the rest of that iceberg is even worse when it comes to workforce composition, equity, and inclusion. What are you guys going to do? Not just to talk about the fluffy shit and articulation, but <laughs> actually drive outcomes. Yeah, that's uh, look, that, that is the $8 billion question ultimately is, <laughs> <laughs> right? Not what a consultant's going to do, but what are, what are companies going to do? What is the CEO suite going to do? to actually change narratives and daily lived work experiences for the most marginalized. What, what I think we have a real opportunity to do out of, uh, out of the Shaker House is, is to ask questions that haven't been asked, right? For fear of, of, of offense or fear of causing uncomfortable uh, or discomfort in the conversation and, and really help to look at things in a different way. So for instance, most DEI approaches start by working backward from the most privileged people in the organization. Right, the top. Right. Then there's this expectation. Okay, you resource it, you fund it, you you, you put you know uh, roles, responsibilities, measurements, all that stuff in place, and somehow DEI gets solved, and this trickle down theory kicks in, and <laughs> the most marginalized people feel the the sprinkling of of commitment and concern come down from the top. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that that doesn't work, right? And it hasn't worked. So what? I wanted to do, and, and and Joe was 100% aligned, said, look, let's work backward from the voice of the most marginalized and understand what their daily lived experience is that's causing you know, high attrition rates, that's causing uh, significant health, emotional, mental concerns, right? In this, in these, in these demographics, and let's be honest, right? Today, the black professional in corporate space is still the most marginalized out of any demographic, and that's statistically. That's not just me saying that as right. a black man, right? We're talking about pay equity. We're talking about uh, microaggressions. We're talking about being dismissed, dehumanized in certain cases. Yet, 
black women being the most educated in the country, holding multiple degrees, credentials, and so forth, but still not advancing up the ladder. So that, at some point, we need to ask the question, what is the, the, the C-suite willing to do to put structural and behavioral together to make lasting change, right? We've seen a lot of emphasis on the behavioral. We're just seeing some surface scratching on the structural changes, accountability measurements, and enforcement, right? But it's still an uphill battle. So, so what we're looking to do is to take some really unique approaches uh, that was a long, long-winded answer to tell you. We're, we're, we're looking to take some <laughs> unique approaches that will that will not only help you look at uh, your representation, but also looking at the ability to be authentic in your organization. We have some really cool things that we're doing there, and then looking at development. Right, and so if I could unveil a little bit, you know, when we talk about authenticity and being your authentic self, right? We've heard that statement about you know bringing your whole self to work, right? And for a large population within corporate spaces, at best you can bring your whole half. Yeah. And so, what are the impacts of that? Well, how many executives actually know what that means? There's a there's a term called code switching, which uh, let's say a lot of black professionals have to do. We're bilingual. It's the way we speak and act and project ourselves in corporate spaces versus how we do outside. And don't get me wrong, everybody code switches to an extent. It may be class-based, it might be ethnicity-based, but right. but what would it look like if, a, if, a, if an executive team could see and hear the stories of their uh, marginalized employees in their daily lived experiences in a way, like even in a documentary style way uh, and storytelling that connects the historical context to like archival footage and PhD analyses of, of the impacts of of these experiences on their on, on the employee base like that you know in addition to some measurements and some instruments that we're working on that are that are going to highlight that daily lived experience so there's some really cool stuff i mean we're getting into like natural language processing and performance reviews to to locate biases in particular demographics performance reviews and help to really lock in on where advancement is stalling out yeah so there's a lot of work that we can do in here but i think it's the approach that we're taking that's going to make it unique and differentiated Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chat and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about Text Kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, Text uh. kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L 
Mm, nachos. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the easy answer for years has been do more training. And that's why we have billions of dollars spent on DEI training and we're not seeing any outcomes. Do you know that there's really an appetite out there to go past the performative, to go past just spending money on training to tick the box and say, look at what we did and focus mm -hmm. on outcomes and focus on the internal mobility and retention and definitely promotions. Yeah. So is there an appetite? Absolutely. From, from those who are not seeing the change, right? If we're talking about the, the heads of company, the titans of industries, Here's what here's what we know. There is, uh, you know, in a post George Floyd era, mm -hmm. there have been commitment statements made, right? There have been pledges. There's been many. commitment, right? Many, right? Yes. Um, you give that about six to eight months, and now what you've seen is a return to business as usual. That is seen. That is felt by the marginalized or underrepresented employee base at your organizations. At some point. And we're starting to see this now, that feeling and that sentiment of that, I almost say the sense of betrayal is spilling out online. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so now your brand is going to start taking a hit from the inside out. So at some point as an organization, you have to figure out how do you not only get ahead of this, forget the PR side of it, right? But how do you stop the bleeding from, you know, and, and close that gap between your commitment and then the reality of change? And we all know that this is a 450 year old problem in certain instances that's not going to be solved by Q3 of next year. Right. But in the meantime, the people who, who are most aggrieved should feel like something's moving in a direction that doesn't just feel like lip service. So, you know, is there an appetite? Um, you know, I mean, it's a question of how how much change do companies really want and how and how willing are they, right? It's not a capability question, it's a yes. willingness question. Yes. Right? How willing are they to disrupt the status quo to really get a different outcome? And and we believe that there are companies out there who who want who are ready to 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 try something different or to add on to what they've already been doing to start to, to, to make sure that those results hit the intended beneficiaries. I think talking about, you know, really the, the ability for transparency out in the social networks of the world through brand articulation or let's say false brand articulation, which we've seen <laughs> again, the fluff that's been blown, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. we'd love to start to see organizations. And hopefully this is something that Shaker can not just foster and, and build within your own group, but also be able to press out to your clients is transparency and demonstrating mm -hmm. that, you know, workforce composition, pay equity, all of that. And, and this is, this is not a small move, obviously is incredibly important to demonstrate to everybody that the brand that you are articulating is real. That's right. And, and look, the, the, the biggest, I think barometer of whether that's working is mm. is getting a, a very good sense of where your baseline is. What what is your marginalized population saying right now? What is their their experience? How is that being viewed and expressed uh, internally? What are the challenge uh, channels for outlets and so forth? And then you start to make some some tweaks and you start to look at you know structural change and then you start to look at you know meaningful change that's implemented and then you go back and you test again. And you say, look, did this change for you? Do you see an improvement? Are your managers less microaggressive? Do you feel like you're heard? 
are your ideas still being stolen and, right. and passed to somebody else, right? Or, do, you know, are you seeing a difference in your in your performance review language uh, or, or your pay scale? Like, these are the conversations that you have over time so that the people who feel like they haven't had a voice at least know you're listening. And then they can see what measures companies are taking to actually implement and, and make good on the commitments that they're making at, uh, internally and externally. What's the title? What's the expectation? Many organizations, they only know one thing, and that's to throw money at the problem. And that hasn't worked. They need something that works. So what are you going to do? And what are the expectations you guys are setting at Shaker? From a title perspective, I mean, if those are even relevant anymore, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be the, uh, the VP of Employer Brand Diversity and Culture. The mandate is to oversee the existing employer brand division while also building the DEI and culture transformation we're adding these new capabilities and offerings for our clients existing and future to really work backwards from the lens uh, through the lens of employer brand and say okay look we understand you want a diverse equitable and inclusive employer brand but is your culture diverse equitable and inclusive yeah and if not why not if who are your marginalized you know that's going to be meted out by your data you tell us but as we do the EVP culture analysis we're now intermingling uh, different instruments to get at other sides of the culture. So we're not going to look at just what the broadest population thinks about the culture and who they are and their experience and so forth, but we're actually going to zero in on the marginalized. And we're, you know, like I said, we have some instruments in development that will speak directly to that. So historically, you've had the the inclusion surveys or mm-hmm. your, your pulse surveys, right, that give you this broad swath of how your company culture is operating. But we know that the the voice of the majority can drown out the marginalized in those surveys. And, and, and I think the way that some of these questions are asked don't really speak to uh, these other experiences. So we'll do those still. But then we're also going to introduce some other ones that can give you a really good contrast of the experience of those who, you know, who, we, who we obviously uh, know don't have the, the loudest voices. And so with that, then we're able to sort of bridge the gap and still create an EVP that's honest, that's accurate. Uh, that speaks to the culture, the aspirational elements of your culture, you know, where you want to be mm-hmm. and lean into those places where you're not yet, you know, uh, arrived, right? And be honest about that. And it's, you know, uh, I'm a huge fan of of uh, Brian Adams and Charlotte Marshall's The Give and the Get approach to employer brand and not just selling champagne and roses, right? But also leaning into harsh realities. And that takes a very bold, honest, self-realized company to do that. And I, and I think that we can, we can make that work good. So yeah, it's, it's, again, it's not DEI standalone on its own. It's DEI through the lens of your employer brand, making sure that the marketing matches reality. And if not helping you close those gaps to some really strong offerings and partnership uh, opportunities there. Well, excellent, John. I have to say that this is a big move. There's no question for, for an organization like Shaker to commit to DEI initiatives and to be able to make it more holistic. One thing I am going to say is you have to come back on the show and we're going to be as critical as we possibly can be because we want to see the ball move, right? And you yeah. know as well as, as as I do, we haven't seen enough of that. So we want to hear about it. We want to see it. And we definitely want to invite you back on the show to talk more 
about what you guys are going to be doing at Shaker. So in the meantime, uh, as you're getting settled, I'm sure, uh, over at Shaker Recruitment Marketing, where can individuals find you to start having these discussions? Yeah, great question. I'm uh, I'm all over LinkedIn. Uh, you can simply search John Graham Creative and you'll find me. Twitter, I'm Instagram1906, and that's G-R-A-H-A-M. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to connect. Uh, I love hearing, you know, what my other fellow uh, employer brand uh, and talent marketing colleagues are doing, but also how we can uh, start to interweave this other element and super important element of culture into uh, our work. Excellent, man. Well, I'm also expecting a copy of the book that you're going to be putting out as well. So uh, again, once again, thanks so much, John Graham, for joining us and we out. Hey, I appreciate it, Chad. Thank you. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast, the Chad, the cheese, brilliant. They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses, and not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.